And today what I want to dive into is this idea of a strong body. Someone say strong body. Strong body. And uh, so we're just going to jump right in. We are a note-taking church, so I encourage you to go ahead and pull out your phone if you're new to the things of Highlight. Pull out your phone or, or notepad or whatever you have to write with. I believe that this word is going to add a lot of value to your life today. And um, once again, it's an honor to be with you. Um, so good. Nine o'clock, you're looking good today. I know some snow's coming, so it probably pushed you up a little bit. And, and um, then we have the 1045, and, and we're going to be canceling our 1230 because I think snow's going to hit landfall around 1 p.m. So we want to make sure you're home. But um, let's go ahead and get into it. You know, I, I don't know about you, but for me, I, I uh, process a lot about the future. And um, um, I don't know. Show of hands, you've ever taken the Strength Finders? Show of hands, Strength Finders? Okay, cool. Um, I All five of my strengths are mental. Like, they're here. It's futuristic, uh, intellection. Um, belief, like it's all here. Uh, so I, I live in my mind. I, I think a lot about a lot of things all the time. And um, the thing that I really think about and I really lean into is the future, you know, uh, future events, future possibilities. Um, and I guess you can say from a spiritual standpoint, it's, it's a prophetic gift from God or something. But um, in order to make it practical and understandable, I just I think about the future a lot. And so I remember about four months ago, I was having a very eventful day with my kids. Uh, I think it was full of baseball and Jay uh, had maybe a doubleheader. Judah had a game earlier in the morning. Uh, we got some McDonald's. We did some other fun things and we got home on this particular day. And honestly, I was I was worn out. I was worn, worn out. So I came home and I crashed on the floor and I may have woken up two or three hours later and the entire the entire night was gone because I just I crashed. And it wasn't it wasn't like a it, it wasn't normal. You know, it wasn't like just because it was a long day. I was tired. I knew that when I woke up because I was still tired. I knew that, man, I'm out of shape. I'm like not in good physical shape. I don't have any energy, even though I just take, took a great nap. I'm up and I should feel refreshed and, and maybe I'll pull an all, all nighter tonight, but I'm up and I'm still weary and I'm still heavy and I just want to take a shower and go right back to bed. And I knew then that, um, you know, my, my physical health wasn't, uh, wasn't in tip top shape. And um, when I was in the shower, I told the Lord, I said, I, I'm, I just feel God that I, I'm not going to experience all that you have for me if I continue to neglect physical health. And um, now I know that some of us have some challenges, be it genetic or uh, maybe something happened uh, that's irreversible unless the Lord moves and heals your body. Um, so my encouragement to you would be strengthen your strengths. Um, may, maybe your body is weak and susceptible and vulnerable, but if your mind is intact, um, work on your mind and, and, and work on your relationships and Try to do the things that you can do to strengthen the weak parts of your life and your body. I just think that we all have an opportunity to grow a little bit stronger in our physical health. And I think it's important. So and uh, I know more importantly than what I think, God thinks that it's important and God wants you to be strong. And, 
God, if he doesn't heal you, I believe that he's going to give you the grace and he wants to come alongside you and, and, and support you and strengthen you so that you can have good physical health. And so let's go ahead and define physical health and uh, a definition, uh, a lot of definitions out there, but th- this is this is what I came up with. Definition is physical health is the ability to be comfortable in one's own body and live life to the fullest. It's the ability to be comfortable in one's own body and live life to the fullest. And so um, for, for, for me, I, man, I, I, I want to grow with my kids and I want to be able to keep up with them and run races with them well into my 50s. They may beat me, but, you know, I'm gonna give them some trouble. You know, I, I want to be able to grow with my wife. I mean, my wife has really been consistent uh, over over the past, I would say, year and a half, almost two years. And I want to be able to keep up with her. And, and, and the church is growing. Right. So as your responsibilities grow, uh, life becomes heavier. And um, you can be healthy spiritually. You can have a strong mind, belief, and 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 read, and be smart, and 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 have your 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 ducks in a row from a mental standpoint. But your 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 physical health will eventually weigh down your your mental health and your spiritual health. And um, so I want to be able to keep up with the church as it grows and. And, and, and I want to be able to keep up with my grandkids when they come along. I want to be able to wrestle with them and, and, and play with them and, and, and race with them. And I want to be good to go when my great-grandkids get here. And so I think it's essential that you really lean into, into this physical health thing. And, and uh, I was thinking about the scripture as I was studying. 1 Corinthians 6 says this here. Um, this is Paul to the church in Corinth. Um, because that, there was this idea that um, if, if you did nothing and, and if you just wait on God, right, you're good. You're good. Don't do anything. Just sit around. Just wait on Jesus. He's coming back soon. And then there's on the other side he was dealing with in the city of, of Corinth, hedonism, where people believe that pleasure was all that mattered. And eat what you want and be with who you want to be with and and do what you want to do and don't allow anyone or anything to keep you from pleasure. Sounds a lot like modern day culture, but he was dealing with that. And he writes this in first Corinthians to the church. He says, don't you realize that your body is the temple where the Holy Spirit lives? Who lives in you and is given to you by God. Follow me, please. Follow me. Follow me. Follow what I'm saying. Who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. For God brought you with a high price. Here it is. So you must honor God with your body. Someone say honor. Honor. Someone say body. 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 And so Paul is telling the church in Corinth that you, your, your life, your soul, the part of you that lives forever, your body was brought at a price. And the price was the life of Christ. So, so when God sent Jesus, he redeemed all of you. He, he, he redeemed your soul. He redeemed your mind. He redeemed your body. He, he, he even redeemed your finances. That, that belongs to God, too. And so y'all remember the Hi, My Name is Stuart series, right? We, we talked about different ways to steward your life and, 
and, and to multiply the things that you've been given. He's also given you your body to steward, right, for his honor and his glory, right? And so use your body to honor God. Um, um, what does honoring God with your body look like? Well, it looks like strength. Not par se muscles or, 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 you know, not par se, you know, but but strength. You're, you're strong. You're, you're up. Um, it looks like energy. You got good energy, consistent energy. What does honoring God look like? It, it, it looks like appearance. How you dress. Um, your, your hair, your your nails are, you know, appearance. Right. It looks it looks like hygiene. That's how you honor God. You know, uh, Jesus says, um, you know, many of us are fasting right now and, and praise the Lord. Uh, Lord, we love you, but we're in the last week. Last lap. Hold on now. Don't get too happy about that. <laughs> yeah, but um, I got some questions about people that get happy about finishing fasting. Um, but we're on the last week and, and Jesus even said when you're fasting, don't look disheveled. Don't look religious. Like, uh, what's wrong with you? You at work. What's wrong with you? Well, you know, my church is doing this fast and I just have to do it. I never want to serve your God. No, he said, when you when you fast, get up and, and, and do your hair and, and and wash your face and put on some makeup and throw on your heels and, and put on, you know, get, you know, so so that stuff honors God. And we ought not to be careless about how we look or how we smell or we, we ought we ought to really lean into this because it brings him honor. Amen. And so today uh, in 25 minutes, what I want to do. And so, yeah, I want to give us four pillars of physical health, four pillars of physical health. And I don't propose to be anything uh, smart or any any uh, MD or anything, but um, I, I just want to speak from God's word. Make it simple. Give you some one syllable terms and phrases that you can hold on to. And, and uh, I believe that God's going to move in that. So a pillar is, is a structure that upholds a superstructure. So and, and I think something that's very important in our lives is mental health. And if, if you're going to be comfortable in your body and live life to the fullest, you got to you got to build your life on these four pillars. Of physical health. And so just to, once again, very simple. Uh, the first thing we really ought to lean into is our diet, our diet. And, and if you would take a time to celebrate along with me, uh, just, just for my sake, 2021 was uh, the most consistent year in my life with my diet. Can you celebrate with me? I, I really stayed on top of it. Most consistent year. I praise his name burgers and shakes every single night and tacos and I was very consistent with my diet 1045 I catch it all right just you know and I was having three course man good breakfast good lunch I was having a great dinner at five the problem was, is I would stay up until midnight. And what happens? You get hungry again. And everything you need is in the cabinet, but nothing is in the cabinet because it's not what you want. So you jump in the car 
and, and you hope your church members don't see you being ratchet, eating crazy late at night. Or you call Uber Eats and you go right back in around 11 p.m. But just heavy, heavy eating last year. And I guess we can throw it to the fire or or whatever. But but that's why I love seasons, seasons of fasting, because fasting has spiritual implications. Getting into the presence of God, the word of God, morning prayer, you feel sharper spiritually. But it also has those physical implications. And, and what I love about this season is we get to hit the reset button on our diet. We hit the reset button. And, and, and so every year when you fast, you can attest to this. You feel lighter. You, you feel lighter. You, you feel better. Um, you got to get past the first five or six days. But that, that good feeling starts to set in. For me personally, I, I lose about five pounds every fast. And I always tell my wife, babe, we, we got we to gotta keep this up. I'm fitting my jeans. I'm, I'm even. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm good. And, and it's just lighter. And so I'm encouraged by this story in the Bible. Um, at one point in, in Israel's history, they were taken from Israel and, uh, uh, because they had sinned and turned from God and they were worshiping idols. And so God sent Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian Empire in to uproot them from Israel, their promised land, and he took them over to Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq. And so in the course of all that, um, Nebuchadnezzar wants to raise up the best of the best young people um, in, in, in Israel, and da- Daniel and his three friends are a part of this group. So they're being trained up in the things of the kingdom. They're being trained up in the palace, the culture, the language. They're going to be leaders in Babylon. That's the mistake that uh, the devil made theirs. He's raising up the people of God to be leaders in his field. That's he always we ain't gonna preach on that. That's a whole nother thing. But that's just a little revelation right there. But, um, you know, and, and so he they're they're at dinner and uh, there are certain foods that Nebuchadnezzar provides. And Daniel says, uh, based upon his value system and his faith and his conviction that I'm not going to eat that food and sin against God. So there's a faith component to this and then there's this health component to it. And so I want us to lean into this, this story real quick. Uh, Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. And it says this, But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now God had given the chief of staff, I love this, both respect and affection for Daniel. But he responded, I'm afraid of my lord the king who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to other youths your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed to the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And it says, please test us for 10 days on the diet of vegetables and water. Daniel said, here it is. At the end of the 10 days, see how we look. Compare it to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel, here it is, and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others got to watch our diet this year it said they look better 
and they were better nourished. And, and so I think the mistake a lot of us make is, is, is we're going to work out, which is actually my next pillar. But we're, we work out, we work out, we work out. But if we continue to supplement it with a poor diet, you're not, you're not going to feel better. You're not going to. It's not, so watch your diet. The second pillar is exercise. Second pillar is exercise. My, my barber recently, we have good talks all the time, and he loves working out. And so I, I know he's going to shoot the question back to me. Um, how's, your, how's your workouts going? <laughs> yeah. And um, I said, you know, the, the fire kind of knocked me off. You know, always just leaning on the fire, you know. Kind of knocked me off. Um, and I told him, I said, I, I want to move back home. And then... <laughs> We're going we're gonna to get consistent again. And, and honestly, it, it, yeah, that, that's, 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 that's what's going to happen. I mean, we're, we're investing into some, some equipment and some different things and can't wait to get consistent again. And I know for a lot of people, exercising is not an attractive thought because it involves movement <laughs> and it involves work. And so there, there are a few things that you need uh, in order to exercise, and I want you to write these down. They won't come up on the screen, but just very important uh, pillar for physical health. Number one, you need first the desire. You need a desire. And if you don't have one, ask the Holy Spirit to help you conceive a desire and a taste and an appetite for exercise. It's important. You need, number one, once you get the desire, you need to go ahead and, number two, I'm sorry, make the decision. Make the decision to do it. You, you, you go to bed one night and you say, I'm going to set my alarm. I'm going to work out in the morning. I'm finally going to do it. I'm not going to push it back anymore. No more excuses. No more. I'm going to get on. I'm going to work out during lunch. I'm going to after I get off work and out of school, I'm going to work out at nighttime. However your body flows. But you got to make the decision. Number three is you need the discipline. The discipline is vital and, and just, just a big thought about discipline. It's, when it comes to discipline, it's always commitment over feelings. That's anything in life. It's always commitment over feelings. I don't feel like it, but when commitment kicks in, it works, it, it, it overrides feelings. That, that's anything in life, and I'll tell you, anything uh, worth having in life or anything great in life or any great goal in life requires discipline. So it's not just exercise, but it's finances, it's spiritual growth, it's, it's mental health. Like you have the counselor lined up. You went to the first meeting. You got five more. But are you disciplined enough to get in the presence of that counselor? Right. Is, is it commitment over feelings, even in marriage? You know what I mean? We can preach a whole message on discipline and commitment. I, I don't feel like loving. I don't feel like forgiving, but, but I'm committed to. So, so when it comes to discipline and exercise, it's I'm going to get up because I know that when I'm done with my exercise, encourage yourself, I'm going to feel better. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to think clear. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, it's just going to be great. And then the fourth, the fourth kind of thing you experience is delight when it comes to exercise. It's desire decision, discipline, and then after a season of discipline, the delight hits. And, and because it will pay off and you're going to love it. You're going 
You're going to love it. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this here. Paul was writing Timothy and it says, 1 Timothy 4, chapter 8. Here it is. Physical training is good. That's what God says. Physical training is good. Isn't that awesome? He's just not some some cosmic uh, uh, gas spirit up there that, you, you know, he cares about you exercising. I think God gets happy about some of the things that happen on Peloton and, and Tidal and in the gym. Like he, he, he says that physical training is good. Someone say that with me. Physical training is good. That's the word of God. And so I encourage you. Here it is. Give you some steps. I encourage you. Try at least 30 minutes a day. And, and to get started, start at three days a week. 30 minutes is what they say you need. You just need some movement. Um, um, you need to walk. You need to, you know, it can be brisk. You need to jog. Maybe, maybe you're into weight training. Get you some lightweight, some heavy. Whatever you need to do, just do 30 minutes three days a week. And, and here are some benefits of, of, of physical training and exercise. They say heart health. Heart health improves. Um, it reduces stress. It's vital. I was talking to my wife about her workout regimen, and, and she was saying, I think it's important for people to realize that it's not about losing weight. Some of us, genetically, you work out, you, you might drop 10 pounds. You know, that's great, right? Your goal is 40, 50. You might drop 10 or 15, right? I, I wouldn't be so... You know, don't condemn yourself if you can't get there. Sometimes it's about getting getting the steam off. Right. That's healthy. It's getting the stress out because you're working out. You're getting it out. If you don't work out, you're going to get it out in an unhealthy way. So um, it boosts your mood. It improves memory. It improves your energy. And exercise increases your productivity. So I got to, for me personally, I got to exercise. I got, I want to stay fresh as the church grows. As God brings new people into your life, you want to remain fresh. You want to, you want to remain in a good mood and and you you don't want to be carrying stress and and a spirit of heaviness on your life. And I want to be a good dad and 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 an energized dad. And and like I said, all these things, the third pillar of physical health is uh, I encourage you to recreate. Recreate. It's the root word for recreation or recreational. Um, There's another period in Israel's history where they had a king. His name was Saul, Israel's first king. And they had been battling all all week. It it was a long week of wars against the Philistine and, and, and battles and all this stuff. And God had just given them an amazing victory. And so the Bible says that Saul had them make an oath that until they completely won the war, that they would not eat. So no one, you're going to fast and fight. Whoa. Like, and y'all know when you fast, you just, you just want to go to church, listen to some worship and take a nap. That, that's all because you're weak. But he said, no one eat until we win the entire war. Well, Jonathan and his armor bearer, Jonathan is Saul's son, the prince. They weren't there when Saul sends out this edict. 
And so they win a battle and they come back to where the army is. And we're going to go ahead and pick up the story here in 1 Samuel 14, verse 14. And it says, now the men of Israel were pressed to exhaustion that day because Saul had placed them under an oath saying, let us uh, let a curse fall on anyone who eats before evening before I have full revenge on my enemies. So no one ate anything all day, even though they had all found honeycomb on the ground in the forest. They didn't dare touch the honey because they all feared the oath they had taken. But Jonathan, someone say, but Jonathan. Oh, yeah. He, he, he had it on right. Had not heard his father's command. Here it is. And he dipped the end of his stick into a piece of honeycomb. And ate the honey. After he had eaten it, he felt refreshed. Someone say refresh. But one of the men saw him and said, your father made the army take a strict oath that anyone who eats food today will be cursed. That is why everyone is weary and faint. This is Jonathan. My father has made trouble for us all. A command like that only hurts us. See how refreshed I am? Now that I've eaten a little bit of honey, if the men had been allowed to eat freely from the food they found among our enemies, think how many more Philistines we could have killed. You got to you got to recreate. You got to take some time out of your life to enjoy life a little bit. Let's give you a definition for Recreate. What does it mean? It means to refresh by means of relaxation and enjoyment. To refresh by means of relaxation and enjoyment. I love it. Last summer was the first summer ever. It was uh, we were we were about to be five years old as a church, and me and PK said, "Peace out. We love you guys with all of our hearts, but we gotta get out." of Maryland. And so we set up Pastor Ken, Pastor Ed, Pastor Chow preached multiple times. And guess what, y'all? It felt so good. And we got away. We got somewhere warm. We got offline. No one in the world knew where we were. And I'm telling you, we, we were just able to, to just draw back from the war, from the battle, let all of our cares and worries down, relax and enjoy. And as we were doing that, we were, we were being strengthened to come back in to create a new. And, 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 so, and so sometimes recreation, write this down, is the difference between you being refreshed and weary. Recreation. That, that hike you love taking, that, that shopping you like to do, that going to the coffee shop and reading a book that you need for your mind, for your soul, for your body. Sometimes it's the difference between being weary and being refreshed. Sometimes it's the difference between experiencing victory and defeat. And, and this is the thing. It's not that your marriage sucks. It's not that your kids are bad. It's not that the job is all that bad. My question to you is, when is the last time you've recreated? When is the last time you've paused to really do something you enjoy? And it's important that you guide and you protect the things that you enjoy doing. And so that's an important pillar. Uh, And then the fourth pillar is rest. Rest. 
Thank you, sir. Rest. So diet, exercise, recreate, rest. And, and I'll, just, I'll just go out here and say this. I don't know if we rest well. I don't know if we rest well. I know we go to sleep every night. But I know majority of us go to sleep kind of like me that day after all these events. Like we go to sleep tired and we go to sleep worried and we go to sleep anxious. And so just because we're sleeping, it doesn't mean we're resting well. And so and so and and, and but th- this thought hit me when I was studying S- such a good thought. I- I'll build this out. But um, even God rested. And God doesn't need to rest. Here it is. God's not worried about anything. God is not heavy. But even God stops everything he does and he rests. And it says this in Genesis 2. It says, so creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. He rested from all of his work. And he blessed the seventh day. There's a blessing on rest. He, he blessed the seventh day because it was the day when he rested from all of his work and creation. The, the idea here is what you call sabbat. Okay, write that down. S-A-B-A-T. Sabbat. And it means to cease from labor. And, 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 and so the, the thought is, is that God didn't need to rest. Watch this. But the reason he rested was to show us how to rest. He, he didn't need, he got, God, God could have kept going. He could, he could have still been creating today if he wanted. But he stopped resting in order to show you how to rest. And I just know that we live in a culture that's constantly go, go, money, money, status, status, popularity, go, go, the kids, the kids, this, that, go, 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 go. And when you finally get tired, then stop. That's not what God did. God wasn't tired when he ceased. God time blocked it. God God said, I'm going to start. Oh, Stuart, the anointing of Stuart's coming on me. God says, I'm going to start working now. And no matter how much I get done, when I'm finished, I'm finished. I'm going to stop working now. And, and so, and so you, you, you got to, here it is. You must time block your productivity. And if you don't time block it, it's going to overflow into poor health. You got to time block. So, so, so we, we time block work. We time block exercise, we time block vacations, but the number one thing we struggle to prioritize in our life is ceasing. You got to rest. It says this here in Psalm 23. This is one of your favorite excerpts of scripture. David was actually an old man when he wrote the Psalm 23. One of the most famous uh, uh, chapters in the Bible. And so he was reflecting on all the great things God had done through his life. He was reflecting, and I, I love it because I'm a person, personally, when I study, and, and I know someone's in their old age, and, and you can read their story to when they were young, I learn by wisdom. So I, when I'm reading, I'm, I'm sitting in a room, Brandon, and it's like King David is speaking to me. That's the way I learn. And so he's reflecting on how God leads us. And, and, and I love Psalm 23. It says this here, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. 
He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. Here it is. He guides me along the right paths, bringing honor to his name. This is what I've come to find out. A a, a sign of a spiritually healthy individual is one who allows God to lead them to rest. A sign of a spiritually mature person is someone who allows God to lead them to cease from it all. And when you cease, that's the perfect time to pray and say, God, I'm not going to worry about this anymore. I'm not going to work on it anymore. I'm not going to press into this anymore. I give it to you and I'm going to go and rest. Because when I see a lot of times we get in the way of God, but when we rest, we're getting out of God's way. He takes care of the situation and he renews our strength. Come on now, church. So that's what I pray over you in this season is rest. That's what a fast is designed for. It's designed to interrupt your normal going. And you think you're resting when you're Netflix and chilling. You're not. Your mind is still going. When you're on Instagram, your mind is still going. But I'm telling you, you have to rest if you're going to be physically healthy this year. And just telling my wife, like, we we were celebrating so much because we're we're going home in a few days. But I was just telling her, like, 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 we, we really ought to praise God. Like, because God plays his part, but we played our part all year last year. And, and we, we, com- we committed to physical health and spiritual health and mental health, COVID, house fire, growing church, growing kids. And, 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 and we're standing strong. I'll tell you why. Because it's not the circumstances that dictate the quality of your life, but it's how you zone in. It's zone in to z- take care of you. Take care of you. And everything else will fall at your feet. Take care of you. I know the money ain't right right now, but take care of you. I know you just got laid off or you just got fired or you're struggling, but take care of you. And I I promise you, I promise you what's going to happen is is as you zone into spiritual health and mental health and physical health, you're going to outlive those things. That's what it boils down to. Sometimes you're not going to defeat it or fast it away or faith it away or pray it away or praise it away. Sometimes those things are here to stay. But they all have an expiration date. And so you have to be determined to do your thing, a strong you. And when you lean into you, you eventually outlive all of it because it will die. Pastor, how do you, some young man asked me, you you, you know, kids and the church and uh, how do you remain encouraged when times are tough? I gave him two quick answers and I said, well, the third thing is I've learned in almost 16 years of walking with Jesus that I can pray until I'm blue in the face. And, and, and sometimes God will move, sometimes he won't. But there's one common theme of, of all of the victories I've experienced in my life of walking with Christ. One common theme, if I can be real about it, is that I've outlived all of my challenges. And so this is not the season to buckle mentally. 
Go back and listen to week two and apply those handles. This is not the season to buckle on the word of God. Feed yourself. No one's feeding me. No one's studying the word of God. You got a Bible? Feed yourself. You read, read your own word. Pray, pray to the Holy Spirit. Feed yourself. And then lean, lean into these pillars, diet, and come on, make a decision. And when you do, the, the Holy Spirit will, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm in here. I'm in here. I'm in here. I'm in here. You know, I'm swimwear. I'm swimwear. I'm swimwear. I'm in here. Yay. Yay. And then you come back home, woo, wiping off a little sweat. And, and you, you commit to it. And, and yeah, I know crap is going on all over you. But I promise you, if you lean in, you're going to outlive all of it. Come on, put your hands together, church. You're going to outlive all of it. All of it. It's going to fall at your feet. Real quick, three, three benefits of pursuing physical health. These are quick. Three benefits. Number one, you're going to receive a strong body. You're going to a strong body. And you're going to be able to say yes to whatever God calls you to whenever he calls you to it. You're not going to tell God no because you're weak, but you're going to be strong. And you say, okay, God, I, I can do that. I can go there. You're going to be confident and able. The, the, the second benefit of pursuing physical health is a clear mind. A clear mind. When, when you're on your A game, uh, God has an open channel to speak to you and to guide you. When your mind is clear. And when you feel good physically, you can envision better. Y'all know this to be true. You can create more. Studying comes easy to you. You're ready to hit the books when you feel good physically. It's all a part of that holistic just grind. Like, I'm good physically. I'm ready to hit the books. I'm ready to hit the Bible. You can envision the future a little bit better. I hope I'm inspiring you. And this is one thing I've come to find out is that you can speak things into existence by faith. When, when you feel strong, you're like, that's going to happen by the end of this year, right? Because you're clear. And then a better tomorrow. You're going to outlive it. You're going to outlive it. You're going to live life to the fullest. And you're going to step into your God-given destiny. I don't care what's going on out there. That mess don't matter. It all has to bow down to the plan of God for your life. Better tomorrow. I speak it over your life. A better tomorrow.